Hey friends, we are your hosts, Leanne and Llewellyn, and welcome back to the One With Friends podcast. Um, we are well into the new year now. It's in the middle of January, and it's well. It is well so far. Pretty uneventful. Yep. Yes. Um, we have got a friend with us, a brand new friend who we have never seen, never met before this moment. He is our friend from the Office ASMR podcast that I recommended to all of you guys several, 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 several weeks ago. So he's joining us as our guest friend. Welcome, John from the Office ASMR podcast. This is my first guest spot. This is so nice. That's awesome. Yay. Well, we're honored to be in that first spot. So, um, well, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, uh, if you want to focus more on your podcast, you can do that or just, just let our friends know a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for having me on. And, uh, I, I think I've listened to podcasts since 2008. Like I was, I used to listen to a lot of tech nerdy podcasts and, um, around that same time is when I really started to get into shows like Scrubs and The Office, and um, it all came together about a year ago. I was listening to The Office Ladies, and I was like, you know what? I love listening to this. Oh, I also, I used to, to travel a lot, and like I was on the road 50 weeks of the year, and as I was traveling, I'd fall asleep to, to podcasts, and so it was like it all came to a head about a year ago, and I was like, you know, I'll just see if anybody wants to listen to me talk while they fall asleep and shocker, uh, shocking literally to myself, they, they do. So it's been pretty cool. That is amazing. Awesome. Um, and what like a brilliant thought. I, I, I feel like, you know, people have this all the time where they see an artist and they're like, I could have painted that or they have, you know, they see something played out and they're like, oh, I, sh- I could have thought of that. But it's like literally the office ASMR is one of those like, why did nobody think of this before this time? <laughs> it's such a brilliant yeah. idea. It's been nice too, because it's, it's like a, it's something that it does not take a ton of time. It's like, I narrate the episodes. It's easy to put up. Um, I've had a lot of ideas that you need a way more time and effort to put into, but this is something that's like, it's a win-win. It's the, it's the classic Michael Scott win, win, win. It's like, I win, <laughs> the audience wins, we all win. Uh, and so it's been, it's been really cool the last year. I, I only missed I had almost the entire year. I didn't miss a single week. And then I had some chaos as we were moving and I missed a couple of weeks. And so uh, I almost made it one full year without missing a date. Yeah. I think you and I, know I you know the pain. moved. Yeah. We both moved around the same time, which is hilarious. Obviously not to the same location, just for our friends to know that. But um, yeah, it is such like a, especially, um, you know, if you're moving a lot and, and far distances, it's just, it takes longer than you think it should and it, it ends up kind of steamrolling from one thing to another to another. So I totally get that. So I can feel your pain on that for sure. Well, and how appropriate um, in this episode, cause I could do two hours on my move. It was a complete nightmare, but this is the episode where Joey moves out and I was like, he does know what he's walking into right now. Don't move, bro. <laughs> Just don't move. <laughs> don't do it. And that apartment looked super empty when he was done too. It was, it's kind of sad to see it. I know. I know. It reminds me of uh, like, and how I met your mother when they all kind of separated years later. You're like, eh, every sitcom got to have the separation. For sure. Right. And it's sad for everybody. Like the, the characters feel it, but then I think it's even worse for the fans because they're, it's, it, no one likes change. And so they're just seeing characters change and they don't like that. So 
That's right. I do have a, a question though, is I think it was, uh, was it Llewellyn, you had said, you don't even like the office. And I was like, what, what, what is this? I had this? a feeling this is going to come out. I was like, <laughs> I'm coming on. This is like my, my main thing. And there's a, I should say though, I listened to a guy and he said he didn't like the office, but he had never watched it. He was like, yeah, I watched a few episodes. And then he made himself watch the entire series and he was like, I still don't like it. But now I can say, I watched the entire thing. It's like, everybody says you got to watch to this point, this point, this point. I watched the entire thing and I still didn't like it. And I was like, respect, mad respect then. Um, Llewellyn, I definitely threw you under the bus on this one. Because as I, I reached like I... out to him, I, uh, I mentioned that you hated it. So that's on me. That's okay. That's okay. We all it's, like different things. It's not the first episode she's thrown me under the bus on. And it's I'm true. definitely one of those people that it's... I'm not going to be swayed to watch a show I can't stand by everybody telling me I should watch it. So that's why I still I'm haven't watched Game it. of Thrones, which might get me even there more heat. Go. I don't know. No, neither one of us watch it. No, okay, I haven't good. seen it. Three's a crowd then. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I feel like three is like a confirmation. Like you're good on three. Yeah, yeah. we're fine. Yeah. Plus it, I, ended, it ended worse than how I met your mother. So it's not like it's even going to pay off if we watch it. I'll right. be honest. I haven't watched how I met your mother. Uh, you're not not missing a whole lot. I think okay. it was a show of its time. It's like it was great while it was on, but mm. I think it's not aging as well as other sitcoms have. Certainly okay. not like Friends, as we right. as we sit here to talk about a 25 year old show. Right, seriously, that's insane. Yeah, my sister came on um, like a month ago, and she, me, and her kind of ganged up on Llewellyn too to try and get her to watch it because my sister had to watch through. She made herself watch it, and then she didn't even start liking it until I think she was like through season four. Um, oh, well, which season is essentially, four is the magic season. Exactly, the it, it's the Jim and Pam coming together. Like they've definitely hit their stride, and so now she says she can go back and watch those first three seasons and appreciate the humor. Whereas at the beginning, she's like she she was like I was falling asleep on the couch just trying to get through it. Um, I was only yeah, I in think- it for Pam and Jim. That's what's been interesting with friends and like revisiting a few episodes with you guys is uh, I don't know that the modern sitcom format with the audio laugh track and everything, like it doesn't vibe with me and I don't know. I think that's why I, I lashed on the scrubs so early uh, at the time. Cause they didn't do the laugh track. And actually my least favorite scrubs episode in the entire run is um, in season f- four. I think they do my four cameras where they, they mimic a sitcom and there's a laugh track and I'm like, this, this isn't right. Uh, I'm not crazy about this. And so it's been interesting to like come back into it because it's definitely of its time. I think the humor has changed because in those old shows, because of the laugh track, it gave this like corporate um, permission to laugh. Like this is a funny piece. We want you to laugh at this. Whereas now, and especially with the office, not even the characters break on purpose. Like they don't want the characters to laugh because it's even funnier by the fact that the characters aren't laughing. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think that has definitely changed in, in landscape over the last, you know, several decades where you don't need that laugh track anymore for people to understand how uncomfortable a situation is and to laugh at it on their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. So much of culture has moved and actually this was this would have been a few episodes ago now based on when this is coming out but you talked about the episode with Brooke Shields and I was I was like so excited that you talked about that because do you know Andre Agassi the tennis player 
The name sounds super familiar. I can't he, picture him. So he, he was like, he was the Roger Federer of his time, right? He was world okay. champion over and over again. He was like, he had his own Nike shoe. He was the bad boy on the court and he was dating Brooke Shields at the time she recorded that. And in his autobiography, there's a whole section where he's dating Brooke Shields and he talks about that friends episode. And he goes, I didn't know my girlfriend on a national stage was going to get her finger licked by some actor. And he like, he like went into a tizzy and left the studio so flustered. And there's a whole section in his book where he's like, he's like, I couldn't deal with it. Like that was the end of my relationship with Brooke. And like, I shouldn't have been dating this model, model actress, superstar. And, um, I was like, that's my little pop culture. I was like, oh, Brooke Shields. Like, oh, I read that book. It's so funny. Wow. Um, I had no idea about any of that. Yeah. Andre, I guess if, if we're not in the recommendation section yet, but his book, I had, I didn't know who he was. I didn't, I don't follow tennis, but I listened to his autobiography and I was absolutely riveted. And the best part about it is he, he recaps some of these like famous tennis matches. And I'm literally like, who's going to win? I have no idea who's going to win. It's actually, it's the same phenomenon when I watched The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, because I don't follow basketball. I know Michael, everybody knows Michael Jordan, but I have no idea about his career. And so as I'm watching the, the recaps in the show, I'm like, who's going to win? And my, one of my friends is like, I, I knew every play, every call on that game. And I was like, I had no idea. It was so exciting to me because wow. I, had, I had nothing. I had no idea what was going to happen. So that's how un- uninformed I can be sometimes. No, that's awesome. That's a good... Um, that's such an interesting tidbit. That's good to know. Well, circling back from that, you know, several episodes ago, obviously that's a good fact to know. So yeah. you never know what you're going to get on the one with friends podcast. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, okay. you're literally talking to a person that does 40 minute episodes where I do nothing but talk to myself. So you yeah. better, better roll into <laughs> some points here. Okay. So Llewellyn, go ahead and give us the episode recap so we yes. can jump into this episode. Yeah, so this week we watched episode 16, uh, the one where Joey moves out. Chandler catches Joey licking a spoon and replacing it in the drawer, which ensues a major fight. Uh, Meanwhile, Monica's parents find out about her new boyfriend. A lot of licking being mentioned in this podcast already. (laughs) That's very strange. I'm I'm, Um, I'm not as familiar with this show as all of well, you know, my two other shows, but how long was Tom Selleck in the show? Cause I, when Tom Selleck showed up, I was like, Whoa, Tom Selleck. Um, he's on a they, few episodes. They date for a decent amount of time because I know that the argument is, especially when the friends, you know, universe, it's should he have like, should Monica have chosen him or Chandler? And there are some people who really would have liked her and Tom Selleck to stay together Yeah, in the show, like, obviously. I don't know how you feel about mustaches. When I see a great mustache, I think, man, I should grow my mustache back. And when Tom Selleck showed up, I was like, damn, I should grow my mustache back. <laughs> I think, I think he's like, because he seems so like, he seems like he's got his life together. He seems very like just put together. And especially for Monica's character, for sure, because she's such a strong-willed, independent, can take care of herself like someone who's weak and like that's not going to fly with her for relationship material. So I think for someone like Tom, who's older to come in and be her love interest makes a lot of sense to me because she would need somebody who's strong enough to stand his ground with her being a strong willed, you know, person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't mean mean to jump too far ahead. I mean, I want to start off with those robes 
that other thing yeah, I yeah, thought yeah, during yeah. this episode, I was like, damn, <laughs> I need to get a, a sweet robe like that. Nice robe. Yeah. So we, we go right into the soft open of the episode and there's, you know, Chandler and Joey sitting in their robes and they look super comfortable. Yeah, they do. Um, like really light um, so that it, you wouldn't get too hot. I think a lot of people think that we had this argument on one of our episodes, didn't we, Llewellyn, with some of our other friends um, about robe wearing. Um, One of our friends, Anne, wears it more for warmth than actual, like, getting out of the shower wearing the robe until she, like, puts, like, clothes on, like, in that drying off season and time. Um, But these guys are just, like, wearing their PJs and a robe. Yeah, they looked looked hella comfy. Super comfy. (laughs) And then, of course, Joey, you know, as mentioned in the recap, he licks the spoon to clean it off and then puts it back in the drawer, which I'm sure Llewellyn just cringes over. That whole drawer is now compromised. All of it needs to be washed. <laughs> like, you can't. Why? Like that Chandler's reaction is exactly what I would have done. You're literally cringing right now just thinking about it. I That's am. I, I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I wouldn't I would either. Say, my my daughter has a ton of allergies, and so like everything we have is has to be very clean. And I thought the same thing. I was like, "Oh my goodness, we gotta we gotta just burn the kitchen down." <laughs> <laughs> I would say like you'd have to at least at least rinse it of anything. You're literally sitting right next to the sink where you could turn forty five degrees and run it under hot water, and then put it back. But no, he just straight up licks it and puts it back, and it opens us this whole opens up this whole can of worms of he uses his, he uses Chandler's toothbrush, but then says that he uses the other toothbrush to scrub the toilet with. Was that it? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, which is, which he can't Chandler's- clean. He can't clean a spoon, but he, he scrubs the toilet with a toothbrush. You know, I literally just wow. caught my wife using her brawn smart toothbrush, scrubbing the toilet. And I was like, the, I was like, what the hell are you doing? And she goes, it was, it was the, the brush head needed replaced anyway. And I was like, right. I don't care. There's other things you can clean with. That uh, means the whole handle has to be like, yeah, just burn sterilized. it. Just burn it. It's, it's just switch done. out the whole thing, motor and all. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So then, so then he also brings up the point of like, you know, why can't we use, oh, you know, we can use the same soap, but we can't, you know, brush our teeth with the same toothbrush. And he brings up this idea of like the last place that I wash and then the first place you wash, which is, you know, your face would be the first thing. And Chandler just can't stand that. So it opens up this whole can of like cleaning, hygiene and um, like protocol when it comes to, you know, bathroom loofah usage or soap. Um, now, at one point I had five roommates in college. We had like a suite. Oof, and I wow. told one of my roommates that I was using my other roommates clippers, like trimmers. And then he, that roommate and I moved in together later and he never left anything in the bathroom. I think he just knew if you leave something in there, it's kind of up for grabs. And so he had a little like basket that he'd carry into the bathroom. And uh, I noted that after a couple of weeks, I was like, huh, he doesn't have anything in here. And then I was like, oh, right. I did tell him that one time that I used my other roommate's trimmers. And so people always listen, you know. He knows what he knew what he was getting into and he counted the cost and decided Mm. it wasn't worth it. Yeah. Not too bad. I went on vacation once, once with my best friend. It was like a, I don't know, spring break or just a random college vacation. And um, I had forgotten my toothbrush. And so I told her that 
And she was like, you better not use mine. I was like, no, 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 I won't. I won't. So then that night I go to brush my teeth. <laughs> I totally used her toothbrush and she walked in on me while using it. <laughs> I was like, dang it. She was so pissed. So I had to go to the front desk. I was like, Megan, they give you free toothbrushes. Like you're going to be fine. So I got us two new toothbrushes and I had to buy her like a brand new one. Cause she's the same. She was like, I cannot do it. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like I was so desperate. Now, could I have just gone to the front desk and grabbed my own before using hers? Absolutely. I could have, but I just, I don't know. I didn't do it. I didn't get to it. Next time. Next time. Yeah. I'll never do that again to her. I, I, I promised her that. So um, so that, you know, wraps up that soft open. Then we get into the main bulk of the episode and we start off in the girl's apartment and they're talking about tattoo options. Um, do you, John, do you have tattoos? I have two tattoos and actually I thought it was kind of funny. Both of my tattoos I have matching with two other people. It's like one matches with one friend and then I have a, another tattoo that matches with another friend. And also because wow. they made, they make this uh, analogy, like a bad haircut. I have now spent almost $2,000 removing one of those tattoos that I paid 50 bucks for in college oh that God. we did on a whim. And oh, so yeah. I, I felt the entire life cycle of that argument of like, <laughs> get it. Like, should we get the matching? Should we get it? Tattoos or like haircuts? Oh, wait till you have to remove it. Um, mm. So I, I like went through the whole cycle. Do you, do, do either of you have tattoos? I have five. I have two. Okay. Have you tried, have you thought about removing any of them? Do you no. regret any of them? No. No. I don't regret any of them. I, I feel like there's one that I am very indifferent about, could remove, could not remove. It's super small, but it's right like on my, it's like right on my wrist. And I'm like, I don't really need that anymore, but I'm also, I'm not going to spend $2,000 on a tattoo I paid 40 bucks for. Yeah. Fun at fact. least not, That's, at least uh, not right now. My problem isn't with the tattoo. It's the placement. I didn't think ahead enough. I thought oh. unlike, you know, the, I think the military spec is like two inches above the wrist bone. I went too close to the wrist bone. So my problem isn't with the tattoo. It's just where I put it. Like oh. if it was somewhere else, I wouldn't really care. And now my wife, my wife really wants to get matching tattoos. We've, we've literally talked about it for years mm-hmm. and I'm like, do you want to do that? I'm like, ah. And so it's a regular discussion. And uh, so maybe I'll have so it. It's not the tattoo and it's not the friend. It's just the placement. Exactly. exactly. Okay. <laughs> I actually, when I like, I had gone through a few weeks of deciding, I was like, maybe I'll take out, I'll remove it. And I didn't. But then I called him and I was like, Hey man, like this isn't about our friendship. This isn't about like, it's, it's purely this thing. He's like, yeah, that's fine. No problem. It was, it was good. Okay. That's good. What yeah. was the tattoo about? Are you willing to reveal? No, it's just like a logo. It's nothing. Uh, oh, got it. It's okay. Crazy. I didn't okay. get my roommate's name put on my wrist or anything. Right. <laughs> no ex-girlfriends. Me and my me and my sister really want to get like a matching one. We just can't figure out what because you want it to be sort of symbolic, um, as opposed to like I'm not going to put her name, you know. So we just have to. I We've got to have something that we both love. They're sisters and they have the GPS coordinates of their like family home. And I always thought that was like kind of cool. Yeah. That is really cool. If you have like one childhood home, I feel like we've moved around enough to where it's like, yeah. do we put it out in Arizona? Do we put it in Michigan? Like they've lived in North Carolina all the way to California. Like we're just, we've been all over the place. So it's sort of, that's a really great idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we've just got to figure it out. So, 
but we head into the party. Monica is prepping on the way um, in. She's really nervous because, of course, she's been hiding um, Richard, which is his name, um, from her parents. And so she's really nervous. So they go into the party. And essentially, we find out through everybody else that they're already gossiping that Richard has a Twinkie in the city, which is a very strange reference. I don't know if I had ever heard that outside of this episode. I never heard of it, no. I I, to, to regress a little bit, though, what I thought was funny was the doorway scene where mm-hmm. they walk up to the door. It looked so much like any outdoor scene of a sitcom. Like It looked like either Boy Meets World it looked like his back door or it looked like <laughs> the doorways on Big Bang Theory. As soon as they walked up to it, I was like, that is a set of a door of a place in a sitcom. I was like, this is so, I just thought it was so good. And then, yeah, she's like nervous. She's like, am I hiding something? And it's like, no one's going to catch on to that. It's, that's when you're deep, when you're that deep into some kind of hidden secret thing. It's like, that's the way you think. Yeah. You think everybody automatically knows. And it's like, no, they're, they're not going to, we're not going to guess. Yeah. It was um, also really cool to see Elliot Gould, who plays uh, her dad, because Elliot Gould, I mean, he's a famous actor from a ton of roles, but I know right. him most from the show Ray Donovan. I don't know if either of you watch Ray Donovan. I adore, it's, it's weird to say you adore Ray Donovan because it's a kind of bad character overall, but the show itself I love, and he plays an amazing role in that. And so it's crazy to see him because that takes place. I think they should shot that in like 15 or 16. And so to see the 20 years difference. He looks so young there, but even there, he's like, he's probably what in his fifties. I mean, he's a, yeah. an older dude, but he looks incredibly young there compared to his current roles. It was cool to see him. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like a lot of, a lot of guys who are older in, in the older sitcoms. So like even, even Tom Selleck, um, to see them now, it's like, I feel like they haven't really changed a ton. Yeah. Even though they were considered older, even in their own, you know, sitcoms. You know what, though? Seem... I keep seeing TikToks of where they'll put an actor and then they'll put a picture. It's like the role they were in. I saw a friend's one. And even, you know, the women, it's not that they look that much older. They just look different, but they still have a youthfulness to them. Like a a 50-year-old woman today looks way different than a 50-year-old woman in the 70s and so i think that's that is yeah. kind of crazy i mean that's jennifer true. aniston look like she looks like a baby face very young but i think they yeah. all still look great well a lot um, of them have gotten plastic surgery so of that course it's nice to have money it's is, is part of it um when okay so when judy when judy says this might this might be a little bit of a stretch but when judy says that richard has got himself a little twinkie in the city this might likely be a reference to the 1970 film Twinkies, um, where it's like about a 38-year-old novelist, Charles Bronson, who runs off and marries and sets up home with a 16-year-old schoolgirl, Susan George. So it could be like a slight reference to that. Um, there's another reference that I added on later. The, um, the bat that the dad gets, Jack, at his birthday party, he has a signed Harmon Kilbrew bat. And Kilbrew played for the Minnesota Twins, who were at the time called the Twinkies. So they kind of like interwove these random facts into this little episode. So that's obviously the same nickname that was unknowingly given to Monica. So just a few random like fun facts. Yeah, it could also just be... Um... Like every generation has like certain things that they Their call phrase. 
people, mm-hmm. like their phrases or whatever. So it could just be that generation too, that they yeah. all younger women with older men, Twinkies, I guess. Mm-hmm. Twinkie I was my- the, uh, the modern day, they call it, what are they, cougar cub? Yeah. Cougars call them cubs. <laughs> yeah. Like Gen Z, Gen Z is never going to know what a Twinkie is or a, or a Tootsie. Like the reference Tootsie is not going to yeah. fly with Gen yeah. Z. So that's true. A time yeah. capsule. I loved the uh, comment of the shopping in the junior section. That was probably the funniest way to refer to someone who's like much younger. Yeah. Um, okay. Maybe I didn't catch this while I was watching the episode. Why, why is Joey and Chandler in the next scene, like at this random apartment opening? I have no idea. I, don't, I didn't catch party? it either. It's just a random party. Okay. That they don't I think, mention. I think it's been established that if they want somebody in San Diego at the zoo, they just put them there. And uh, you don't necessarily <laughs> need a transition. That's uh, true. That's, that's true. very true. No, I, I totally miss it. I was like, oh, okay, they're just out of the apartment. Yeah. Well, Joey randomly mentions that he gets shown the bathroom, right? And it's like a bunch of mirrors or something like he goes in and said that there's a bunch of mirrors on either side of the toilet and Chandler makes a really funny joke about like the Rockettes because you've got that line on each side of you. So it makes it look like you're in a Rockettes line. Um, But later in the season, when Joey is showing the gang around his new apartment, he shows them the bathroom. And the only remarkable thing about it is that he's got a toilet, a phone, like a phone in, in like in the bathroom right next to his toilet. But there's like, there's no mirrors in there. So it's kind of like a little maybe he took plot hole. Maybe he did. Maybe he didn't want to watch maybe himself pee in 40 directions. <laughs> um, so they go back to the party. It was a really quick scene, but he they go back to the party and they're now they're talking to Richard about his little speedster. So the dad is talking about his midlife crisis and how he bought a speedster vehicle and he references this little Twinkie as his own speedster. And Ross is so uncomfortable because his dad wants to know all the information about his new, like, little girlfriend. Um, and yeah, Ross he offers is just a super- trade the Porsche. He's like, I'll take your Twinkie, you take my Porsche. And then he makes a joke. He's like, I was just kidding about the Porsche. <laughs> yeah. But just like Ross, Ross is like, space. please don't finish that sentence. <laughs> yeah, he just looks oh. so mortified. I don't know what's better though is that point that part or when they walk in the kitchen and the dad and he has the bat he goes I'll take that dad like that was I think that was so that was so good it was so quick like it happened so quick it was so funny yeah that's great so we jump back to over to the tattoo parlor the girls have decided to jump in and Rachel is sort of reconsidering her choices um I guess like I mean, John, you, you mentioned that you're married. So, like, have you ever considered a tattoo on your own that you would, like, ask permission from your wife first? Or, like, Llewellyn, are you waiting for a spouse to be able to get something? I just thought, like, her, um, her like, reconsideration was so heavily based on Ross. I was just curious if that's, like, a valid thought. I thought that was such a weird exchange about uh, suffrage in, in that scene. Like, that was... That was one of the other kind of dated references where it's like that, that would not be the conversation today or would not really fly today. And it seemed even seemed weird for the nineties, I guess. It's like, I feel like there was a movement of female empowerment and they were just joking, like brushing it off. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That would didn't jive with me. 
I um I don't know. Well, because we didn't mention like Ross. <clears throat> Ross doesn't. It's not that he doesn't want her to get it. He just doesn't. He thinks they're personally away. like them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like you're just you're putting something on your skin, like you're scarring yourself basically. So, um, I I mean, with my two tattoos, I didn't really ask permission from anybody or didn't really get anybody's opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, except on like placement stuff. Cause that obviously, obviously matters. But like my dad is that way. He absolutely hates tattoos. And when I showed him mine, he was like, why would you ever like do that mm-hmm. to yourself? Um, yeah. So I think sometimes like I'll listen to my dad because it's like, yeah, I, I get your point is very valid. Cause in 10 years I might like hate the way it looks. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, I don't know that I would ever have to ask somebody's permission to do it. It's my body. Yeah, right. What I want. So, but yeah. I know I wrote I wrote in the notes. I hate that. Like, why would you put a bumper sticker on a Lamborghini? It's like, shut your face. Your body is not <laughs> like a, a three hundred thousand dollar car. It drives me nuts. I don't know why it bothers me so much. But that scene also made me really. I don't know if you, if you've watched the show The Comeback with Lisa Kudrow. Like that scene in particular, her just the way she played it remind me so much of that show and. That's one of like the great HBO shows that never really ran beyond a couple of seasons, but that was her like star vehicle pet project. And then I think oh. it's one of the best comedies that's really out there. So another recommendation. Did she direct it or was she just the, the like the leader? She was the lead, but I, I'm, I'm lead? sure she produced it and had a hand in the writing, but it was, uh, that's an incredible show. It's, it came out around the time Curb Your Enthusiasm did. Mm-hmm. It just didn't run very long. Okay. Got it. Um, so in, like, even in here, like, Rachel doesn't know what she wants. Phoebe's the one that seems to be, like, the wild one, which is the tattoo artist comment, you know, to her. In this scene, Phoebe mentions Foghorn Leghorn, which is the name of a Warner Brothers cartoon rooster. I just think of Ace Ventura when I heard that. <laughs> Foghorn Leghorn. Um, I don't know why I just brought it, like, that's the only other time I think I've ever heard that phrase, so... <laughs> I never knew what it was until now. So that's another one, Gen Z. You'll never know. Yeah, Falcon <laughs> yeah, Lake, the Looney Tunes, which is hilarious. Most of our viewers, our listeners, are like eighteen to twenty-two, which just baffles me. Like, how are they entertained by us at all? Well, but there's there's imparting wisdom on the, the slightly older <laughs> generation. That's what, like uh, a mentorship. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that's that's something they talk about with the Office phenomenon too. Is like, why are 13 year old so obsessed with a show about people working at an office at a paper company. And it's like, mm-hmm. there's, there's comfort to it. It's like, I think, I think everybody, especially now takes comfort in friends because you want to have that community. Like you want to be able to go to a coffee shop and see your friends. And it's like, mm-hmm. I think there's a whole generation. I, I, I would consider our generation that like the millennial generation wanted to be in New York because so many shows took place in New York and really romanticized yeah. even, even like this, like at this point they were all struggling in their careers it's not like they were all living real large and actually that was one of the things when he's like really considering the apartment i was like what does he how he's going from sharing this tiny apartment to looking at this great place with a park view is like has his career progressed so much in a year like what a what a great problem to have yeah well and it seems like at this point even monica's like barely had a job throughout the duration like she's interviewed at places she did mocklet but she really hasn't dove into like the bulk of her chefness, and yet she's still renting this apartment that 
you know, they, they talk about like how the rates were lower because of whatever, but it's still New York and it's a massive space for two people. So that is kind of something, but, um, but I think you're right. I think you're right, John, like with the, with the community and the friendship and especially old shows like this, where they don't, they're not on their phones. They barely have like technology. There's beepers, you know, um, but there's not that pull towards technology. It's kind of a refreshing um, thing that they leave out that you don't even really notice that they leave out. Um, but nowadays, if you watch a show, it's like they're communicating via text. They're calling each other, you know, like part of the dialogue is them on their phones. And now, you know, we do that all the time every day. And it just, it, it takes up so much of our, of our, you know, mental capacity that it's refreshing to have a show that just, they literally have to get together in person or be in their house to be on a phone call. So that, I think that's refreshing too. Yeah. I think it's also like a time in your life. And I th- I've definitely experienced this now where like everybody was kind of available and like you mm-hmm. could just kind of hang out before. And then you get to the point where you can't, and it's like the way you catch up is a, is like a FaceTime call or something else uh, versus right. like how many times they were all together all as a group. And it's like that only really happens at a singular point in your life. Right. Yeah, I agree. And you can never go back to that point. Like even if you guys, even if the same friends all end up back in the same city or something, it's like everyone's yeah. grown and changed. You can never quite get back. So it really is like a cherish it while you have it. Cause it, cause you're right for sure. That's the, the office scene where Andy says that there's a sound on TikTok where people will put videos to that sound where he says, I wish, you know, I knew about the good old days. It gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> I've so seen like, it too. Yeah. I'm like, all right, uh, I'm just going to close TikTok for the day and yeah. go, go lay down. <laughs> for sure. Uh, so back at the party, um, there's still like, there's still, it's the conversation. It seems of the whole party, like the fact that it's Jack's, the fact that it's Jack's birthday is like a sidebar. It's like, really, this is the main like point of this party. And there is that stigma that runs through where it's like, he, she comes into the kitchen and they're like, they're, she's like, they're calling me a Twinkie. And he's like, I'm a hero. And it just perpetuates that stigma that like guys are celebrated, especially since he's gotten someone so much younger and she's being like slut shamed for being young. And um, they don't know it's her specifically, but you know, vicariously, she's being called, you know, a Twinkie. Oh, yeah. The, um, the bathroom scene. Was oh, so the bathroom good too. scene. Sorry, not the Tom kitchen Selleck scene. The bathroom like, scene. Nice of you to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then that, that's the cue. <laughs> Going to the bathroom? Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> so the parents then get it on in the bathroom, <sighs> which, of course, Monica is in the bathroom and has to experience and be witness to. Um, which she ends up bringing up in, in the next scene that they're in where, you know, she had previously at some point found like a videotape of the parents and she now just got a, the live showing of their video. That poor girl. Um, I luckily have never experienced that in my entire life for my parents. So that is awesome. But this is also the moment when Monica, Monica's dad mentions mm-hmm. that Richard thinks he's falling in love with this girl. So like mm-hmm. there's that sweet moment of Monica realizing like, Oh, he actually, he does care about me. Well, cause that was the argument of whether to introduce, like to bring it up to the parents or not. She's like, I'm not even sure if he, how much he's into me yeah. and I'm not going to bring up anything to them until I know for sure. Right. 
um, which then kind of, you know, drips into the last part of the episode. But before we get there, we head back to the guy's apartment and Joey walks in. They're both very apologetic um, of the argument that they had had. Joey reveals that he's still going to move out. Um, no, 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 no. He mentions that he is going to move out, that he's thinking about it. And Chandler's super heartbroken about it. And because he's putting up then this defense mechanism of like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't need a roommate. And all of a sudden, it kind of escalates into a full, like, blown argument um, that ends up getting them somewhat, you know, mad at each other and storming into their own bedrooms. They care, It's like they care too much about each other to say that they really want to that or at least Chandler doesn't want to say it but he like should like dude I really don't want you to move out I get why you're doing it but he feels like offended as if like it's a choice against him I think it's just the most guy way to handle any argument (laughs) it's like I've definitely had that exact same situation dozens of times in my life really oh yeah it's like I know what we should be saying to each other are we gonna say it no we're just gonna play video games together what is it? How do they say it? They say, now I'm your mother. They say, you know what that sounds like a problem for? Future Ted. Oh. <laughs> Just push it off. Just yeah. keep going. Just keep pushing it off as far as possible. Yeah. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. I was going to ask you if you if you had experienced that and, and, and what kind of a breakdown maybe of what was happening in that, you know, scene from a guy's perspective. Oh, yeah. It was pitch perfect. Absolutely. <laughs> would 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 that same scenario the way that it played out between like the, the whole tattoo situation would that have was that how it would go between two women like how accurate was that like rachel like rachel being really upset that phoebe didn't end yeah. up getting it yeah probably i would yeah. be i would be super pissed for sure yeah. oh yeah for sure especially if you're going in there together um First off, like, and the fact that Phoebe had to like get her in there. Yeah. Yeah. The fact yeah. that she like pushed her off the edge. Yeah. And then changed her mind. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. and what were you going to say? Yeah. Well, well, I just found it weird too. And I mean, I've only been to two tattler, tattoo parlors in my life, but um, that they didn't go in together. Like, I thought usually if you came together, you could go together, like to the same person. Um, so that was a little odd too. I'm like, especially because they're not getting like these elaborate hour, two hour, three hour long tattoos. They're getting little things that are going to take five minutes. So it was just surprised me that they didn't go together because that probably would have helped Phoebe more, maybe be willing to do it. But yeah. Yeah, for sure. I wonder if, yeah, Phoebe just kind of chickened out. Um, yeah, it was bad. So we jumped back to the party and again all the parents come out they're super excited because <laughs> they just got it on so the dad is really pumped the mom is really like flustered and trying to get herself together and monica is like struck shocked um coming out and they mention the the sex tape versus the live showing um they end up in the kitchen together and Monica's mom says, Hey, Richard, is your son seeing anybody? And starts to set up Monica with his son, which is hilarious because obviously it's foreshadowing a little bit into what happens in the later season um, where once they break up, she ends up dating (laughs) Richard's son. 
So it's kind of a, I, I don't think I picked up on it until this time around where I was like, that's his son that she ends up dating later on in the season mm-hmm. or in layers. the series in the series. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a nice layer um, for the series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, uh, and Ross being like in the middle of that too, because Monica all of a sudden reveals that she's dating somebody because she wants her mom to stop. She also has realized that he does like he is starting to love her. So maybe this is the time to tell the parents so that they can stop calling her a Twinkie, first of all, and for it to be open and just, you know, release the drama from it and, and get it out in the open. And as she's trying to do it, Ross is kind of coming onto the fact what she's doing. And so her like pushing her brother away was like such like a sibling thing. I feel like where you're, he, she's trying to do it, but he's, she's like pushing his face like away from hers and making him go away. But then the dad comes in with that bat. And like you mentioned, John earlier, how quickly he grabs that bat and is like, I, I've got that. And he like takes it out of the room. Um, and it's in that moment where it well, it's right before that moment, really, where she's like, mom, I really think you'll like him because he's a doctor. Yes, he's a real doctor. And it's Richard. Um, and then it's the most awkward thing for that happy birthday song to then happen right okay. at that moment where the dad has come in and realized what's happening. Um, <laughs> and now everybody's in the room. So he has like no time to, I mean, he reacts a little, but he has no time to really honestly react with anybody. Yeah, they really play into that, the uncomfortable nature of it. They, like, pull back. And they're like, all these people, everybody's here. Mm-hmm. I have to say, though, so I think Ross mentioned it at one point. You guys might have to correct me. When Ross was like, when you were nine, Richard was 30, and Dad was probably thinking, I can't wait for them to get together. <laughs> so what is that, like a 21-year difference, I think? Yeah, yeah it seems like it. Okay. So I'm, I'm 31 and I have, and mind you, this, this is like completely different than real life. There are like actors that you look at and it's like, oh, they're like 40, you know, I don't know, 43, 45 years old or whatever, or not 40, 50. They're like 53 years old. Like I would, I would totally date that guy. (laughs) Daniel Craig, 100%. I would date Daniel Craig (laughs) and he's like 53 now. And it is crazy the the that point too, when we talked about the way that actors look different, Daniel Craig today is the same age that Sean Connery was when he did one of the last Bond films. And the difference between the way they look is night and day. And it's just just goes to show how much better people age today when you have money. That's so true. (laughs) That's so true. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. Wow. Yeah. Oh, we'll miss you, Sean Connery. Yeah, rip. Um Llewellyn, do you do you like older guys at all? Do you do that? you like empathize with what I'm saying? Are you like no? Yeah, no, I get it totally. Um, okay. I think especially now that I'm 30, it's just like age gaps now don't seem as big of a deal as when you're like you know 18, 19, 20, like early 20s, mm-hmm. because then you're like you're still going through like oh I might still be in college, I might still be like just starting my career, but like now you're a little bit more settled, you're you know, farther along the path. So it doesn't, you know, a 10 year age gap doesn't seem as massive as from like 20 to 30 is, you know? So you'd swipe right on a nice silver Fox. It's like, that's, that's what we're trying to establish. I think we all would. (laughs) 
I mean, the fact of swiping right will never happen here, but um, <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't. I've never Maybe. been on Tinder. Is it left or right? Is the good one? I have no. I idea. don't I've know. Never been Tinder. either. I've never been on Tinder. I don't know. Okay, that makes three of us. This is good company. This is yeah. good. Yeah. We're, so far, we're in agreement twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember what I started dating my wife right when uh, Tinder like launched. It was like right after after we met Tinder launched because it was right around the 2012 Olympics because the big story at the Olympics was all of these athletes were using Tinder to find each other in London. And I remember being like, Tinder, huh? That's interesting. I guess I'll never have to use that. Thank God. I, I talk to some of my single friends now and I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so bad. So my, my heart goes out to all the single, single people out there yeah, dating sure. in the era of, of social media and Twitter. And, uh, Very difficult. Dating apps. Sounds bad. Yeah. I will say though, with the, I think one thing for me is for the 20 year age, you know, 20 year age gap, like we mentioned, the Daniel Craig is like, because it's so fantasized, like thinking it's like fantastical and in like, not real, like not real at all. So in, in, in this fantasy, you're like, Oh yeah, 20 year age gap. I can do that with a Daniel Craig for sure. But then when I do see on like my hinge dating profile, I take off all of the like requirements for age to like keep it in a certain range. And all of a sudden I start getting like liked by guys who are in their like late fifties. And I'm like, that's way close, like way too close to my dad's age. I can't do it. So I think it's more in just, maybe it's just with famous actors, which, you know, rightfully so because they're hot. So yeah. Hot and rich always helps. Hot and rich always helps. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Uh, okay, so now the whole family knows. We jump back to the tattoo shop and we find out that Phoebe did not get her tattoo. The wild one has bailed. Um, and that's pretty much the only note that I wrote about that scene. It was really short. It's really all that happened, yeah. Yeah. Um, we jump back to the guy's apartment and this is when they both apologize. So mm-hmm. they're both really sorry. Chandler's really sweet and gets him these plastic spoons, like as a joke. And Joey mentions that they're going to go great in his new apartment until he can get some real ones. Oh yeah. That's and, also, that is so specifically the way a guy would break news to any, <laughs> to another guy too. Like they nailed the argument and then they nailed the reveal. Just like slip it in somewhere else. Keep on rolling. Don't <laughs> acknowledge it. And then you're like, what? Well, wait a minute. Like that was, that was also spot on. That's good to know yeah. because in that moment you can realize that, Joey like they're both good with their argument but Joey is continuing forward with saying like no I have a bunch of legitimate reasons as to why I'm considering moving out but Chandler is realizing oh this was not bringing him back in and he's still not going to be my my roommate so you know Chandler thought it was just a threat and um, he makes this funny statement like I've never been lower or wetter because they're like realizing the disconnect of their conversation and Joe. And so Joey is considering moving out, which, you know, Chandler of course is really bummed about. Um, we go over to the girl's apartment. We hop across the uh, hallway and they reveal Rachel. They show Rachel's uh, tattoo. And then Rachel says, show them what you got Phoebe. And it, it ends up being like a dot on her little, like I don't know, clavicle or whatever that is. Um, and she said, it's from the, it's, it's the world from like where my mom is it, from like far, far away. It's like my mom looking down on me, trying to use like the dead mom card as like an excuse to like get out of this tattoo. Um, I thought that was a mole. I thought the joke was, it was a mole. It was it an actual tattoo. 
It was. She it was. said that she uh, got hurt in the seat and they did a tiny dot and she uh, freaked out and like jumped up and, and, and wouldn't do the rest of it. I see. Okay. Um, Cause they did say, a, I think it was what a blue dot. It was a blue dot. Yeah. It was a, a little blue dot. So her ink must've been blue. Um, over time though, that would probably, that blue would probably fade. It probably look, does look like a mole if you're like looking at it consistently. Mm-hmm. One thing that's interesting about this is, Rachel's like her tattoo is like never mentioned again after after this episode they make like a huge deal out of it it's a whole um it's a whole plot within this entire episode which I feel like for even even the office and you can speak to this you know more John just because you are in the world you know weekly I think like they do a lot of gimmicks for humor for laughs that's in real life would have more lasting effects, but on a show they don't carry on even from like the soft open. So you have a bunch of soft opens in the office. They, I mean, they didn't create it, but they definitely capitalized on the soft open for sure. Um, But they'll do like a stunt that in real life would have like lasting effects throughout, but then in the regular main bulk of the episode, you don't see it. Is that something that you have noticed too? There, there's some of that. I would say it's a minority of some of the things, though. Like, kind of in the way that they call back. You said uh, she starts dating uh, Doctor Burke's son in later episodes. Mm-hmm. It's like there is, there's definitely those things. But then, mm-hmm. um, you know, like a character moment, like Andy punching a wall and going to therapy. Like he was literally at the show for five right. to six episodes it comes back later a completely different character and mm-hmm. so yeah there's a, i think i think friends was still in the era where you couldn't have that many through lines in a show because it still needed to be very contained and very sitcom like you do you, you still have some overarching character arcs but there was still so much they had to pack into a single episode so that it could be played uh, it was a, from a different era of television i think the office was one of the earliest shows that could break that mold as they entered yeah like it crossed into the streaming era. And now, I mean, shows are all written a completely different way than this. Um, which is why I think you see shows like, like I watched the first few seasons of the Big Bang Theory and then I was kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know about this. And I kind of like left mm-hmm. it on the side. Um, I think it's still written in a very sitcom way versus something a little more in depth. Yeah, yeah, okay. Like Fleabag. Fleabag, I don't know what okay. that is. I would, I'm going to put Fleabag on the list too. I'm going to give you show notes. That's just all of the things I said people should watch. Perfect. That's great. We'll have a ton of recommends to a friend. I love it. Yeah. Um, so Rachel tries to like make a big point with the friends, but while she's doing that, Ross walks in and realizes that she's gotten a tattoo. Um, and his, re- his reaction is sort of like really cute. He's like, oh, that's actually kind of sexy. Does it hurt or can we like, you know, go do stuff? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they like, run off it is like a super lame little tattoo though it really is yeah like, and they also she shows it immediately and she, it's not bandaged it's no there's no moisturizer on it like it's so <laughs> it's so not true to life it would be swollen I, you'd see a little bit of blood on there yep yeah. i even think when she shows it to the friends for the first time it's not actually there and maybe it's just like camera play but i don't actually think they put it on i think it's just for like okay, pretend like you're showing it to them. I don't know if it was actually, I don't know if it was actually on or not, but. Um, 
so the guys, then we jump back across the hall and the guys are um, playing for the table. And when Joey and Chandler are arguing about it, you know, who gets to keep it, Chandler makes an inappropriate joke about, uh, to which Joey replies asking which sister. And that foreshadows season three, episode 11, the one where Chandler can't remember which sister, which is really funny. And then if you guys noticed when Joey supposedly wins by scoring the final goal, the ball is like very clearly seen bouncing off the wall and back into the middle of the table. Um, just like a little fun oops um, as they were shooting the scene. Um, but then I feel like they share like a really like manly, like, but it's like a little awkward. Cause he's like, they're, like sad but it makes sense a little bit um yeah i had a question about that so across the rest of the show yeah it seems like that moment should have been like an emotionally powerful moment but the show mm-hmm. couldn't uh, like they just didn't lead into it like are there other episodes besides you know towards the end i'm sure there are some but like are there times where the show slows down to just give yourself give them like an emotional moment I don't know. Llewellyn, what would you say? I, I feel like they did a great job in this moment of showing that because it's so new for them, the fact that they're moving out and they've been living together for, you know, however long it's been. Um, it's like, it's a little awkward. And like you mentioned, John, like even just how guys like relate to each other, things are changing. Even Joey's like, well, I don't know. I'm going to see you again. And Chandler's like, well, probably at the cafe tonight when we all see each other anyways. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Right. But it's just this, like they spend every minute together from living together to over at Monica's house, then whatever activities they are doing, like they literally spend every moment together. They never show Chandler working. (laughs) Like they barely show Joey on his show. So I think it's just, they do good at showing the awkwardness of like guys trying to relate. But I do think that they, that friends also does a really good job at showing the bigger emotional moments and the bigger relationship like theme happenings that happen. Does that make sense? Cause we've talked about underlying topics that the show brings up, which we really appreciate because it's about like real life things. It's not always funny. Yeah. You know? I just like the way that the music played at the end as it was like trying to play into a sad moment, but mm-hmm. it didn't seem like the show had the confidence to like really play into it. I don't know if that's me wanting something more out of the show than a show at that time was ready for. It's like, that's what, that's what people credit scrubs with a lot is like, they'll go from a crazy, insane uh, fantasy scene. And then they're, they're going to show you how this emotional, like they'll play into the emotion of the moment. And uh, I like, I was kind of like wanting that out of the show. Mm. It's like, we had this great, you, know, you had a really well executed scene where, they move out and they have to go and then it shows the empty apartment and it's kind of like sad music, but I was like, oh, I think I could have, I feel like it could have felt like that more. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. It's also weird because this is the first, I think this is the first episode where they don't have a tag yeah. scene where yeah. they normally from a scene like that would go into another mini scene, kind of like a soft open, but at the end where they show you a little bit of something before usually, actually signing out and it's usually, usually like 
yeah, it's usually like it brings you back up to show the, I think the dramatic difference between the low moment that you might've just had or the dramatic moment, sad moment up to like, oh, funny again, we'll leave you on a high note for next week. Um, and this is the first episode where they haven't done that. Even me and Llewellyn were like, oh, oh, there's no tag. That's weird. So I think it feels very unresolved as well at the end of this episode. So yeah, maybe that's that. playing into those feelings of like, it feels it feels underplayed in a, in a moment that is dramatic. I mean, they're moving out for the first time and living on their own, but also there's nothing to come back and pick you back up to like leave you well on the back end, you know? Very true. Yeah. So yeah. Any, anything, I have a couple like random facts, um, but anything else about the bulk of this episode that maybe you didn't get to mention or wanted to bring up or, you know, we skipped over. Yeah. Good, Llewellyn. Good. All right. Two quick fun facts. Rachel is the only friend who never lives alone throughout the series. So in this episode, you know, the guys move out, but Rachel goes from like living with someone to living with someone to living with someone. So she's the only one that never lives alone at any time. Um, and then Jack says at one point, it looks like a scene from Cocoon and Courtney Cox appeared in the Cocoon sequel, The Return in 1988. So just a little fun fact. Um, okay. We have an episode writing system as our friend. We're going to have you go first for all of these because you're our guest. So how would you rate this episode? I thought this one was Central Perk. Okay. I thought it was good. It like moved a lot of the characters forward. It gave you good moments, had some really solid, like physical laugh, physical comedy and laugh lines. I think it had, had a lot of it. Awesome. Had a Tom Selleck's mustache. You can't beat it. (laughs) It's strong. (laughs) That's the whole point in itself. (laughs) Right. All right, Llewellyn. Um, Oh goodness. I think I'm also going to call this one a central perk. You have been Which, very generous lately. Uh, I, thought, <laughs> I, I thought you were going to contradict me. I was like, uh-oh. No, no, no. No, I'm, like I, uh, I, I did give one to Marcel once. Um, no, I think I really enjoyed this episode because it did move the characters forward. Um, and there's like kind of something like a little something with all the characters, which doesn't always happen. Usually there's like one or two characters that they highlight every, like in an episode. And I like that this one had, you know, like it was mostly Monica and Joey, but like it had pieces of everybody. Um, And I, I mean, I really enjoy episodes where it's not just comedy, where it, it gives you that depth of like, this is a real life situation that happens. So I, the whole Joey moving out and Chandler, um, his like, it almost looked like he felt hopeless. It's what he looked like at the end. Um, mm-hmm. But so I just enjoyed that they were able to mix all that together with keeping it funny. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be generous this week. Love it. I'm going to do one step down from that and give it a seven, seven, seven. Um, I loved how they broke up the groups, um, in this episode. And like Llewellyn said, highlighted, it was like the guy roommates were together for the bulk of the episode. The siblings were together for the other storyline. And then the girls were together for that third storyline. Um, I thought they did a really great job. I don't think that Rachel and Phoebe's story really moved forward with this specifically, but I loved the reveal of, 
um, you know, finally this secret relationship between, you know, Richard and Monica kind of coming to light and the brother playing the like, I'm, I'm trying to keep her safe in this because, you know, Monica is not the beloved child of that family, as we well know. Um, so he's trying to play like big brother, which I thought was cute. Um, and then obviously the Joey and Chandler storyline is really good. It did move them forward a lot. Um, I don't think there was a lot of scenes in here that are like memorable friend scenes. Like when you think back through friends, there's not like, oh yeah, that's the one scene that like, it's not like a pivot or something like that where you remember it, but it was still a great storyline. So I'm going to give it a, uh, that, that rating. So that brings us to our post-show wrap up. And uh, we have already let John know that Every time we have a brand new guest in their first um, guest feature spot, we ask them, which friend are you? And tell them to explain it. So go ahead, John. You have already written something down. Yeah, I, I think I was very much a Rachel, but then I think I turned into a Phoebe, especially the way that she is in this episode where she like pulls back a little bit. And she's like, ah, maybe I'm not going to go with that decision that I made and think through this a little bit. And uh and hold back a little bit. So uh, I think I was that way. I think I've, I've definitely uh, kind of changed in the last 10 years or so. Why did you think you were a Rachel? Um, I think I just would have done other things with other people the way that, especially the way that she did in this show and this episode. Um, and so I was like, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I could see like my old self in her, I guess. Okay. A little more, a little more outspoken. Like you are more outspoken now or you were more back then? Previously, I would speak my mind more, which I got guess it. maybe it's a little Phoebe still. Yeah. Yeah. She's just got a, like an eclectic twist to her. She's yeah. very, she's very like inclusive of people and welcoming of them and, but very free spirited as well and won't easily conform. Yeah. That's me. Won't conform. <laughs> got it. Awesome. Cool. Okay. So, um, I think that's our first like solo where like there's not really a lot of other characteristics and the other friends. Some of our friends are like a cocktail of like a few, you know, they'll have like two or maybe even three characteristics of the friends that are, that make up their personality. Um, I but think you I'd be a little more Chandler if I was like, if I didn't dislike David Schwimmer so much, I don't know why. It's like, I can't separate, I can't separate the two. No, it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> we're not uh we're not huge Ross fans um and it might be David Schwimmer I just I've never seen him in anything else because I just so hate his portrayal of Ross um it's uh, hard for me to and Ross no Schwimmer I can't uh, yeah that's what it was okay wait then who were you mentioning did I mix that I'm up I'm just saying yeah wait who did David Schwimmer plays Ross. Ross. Yeah okay I might be more Ross if I didn't dislike David Schwimmer so much got it okay got it yep uh yes okay that makes more sense yeah um ross i think is hard to characterize um even when i'm explaining him to someone else and his characteristics it's really hard because he just seems so like mopey and and but he it's just so hard to describe him because of his character it's like his professional life is one thing where he's probably very intelligent um and like driven enough and kind of like you know he's he's got to be like organized in order to probably work in that profession. But then on in his like personal life, it just seems so like 
chaotic and unorganized. I don't know. He's hard to, he's hard to nail down as a personality type for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. So then the last is recommend to a friend. So, uh, John, you have a couple in, I think you had a couple that you mentioned, maybe mentioning, but I'll go ahead and open it up to you to recommend to a friend. Oh yeah. The main thing was, so I actually, I, my brother sent me this podcast yesterday uh, it's a 10 episode mini series. And I know you guys have recommended true crime podcast before this one's called chameleon. And it's the story about a person who came into Hollywood and was, uh, had this like whole trap for essentially up and coming or lower level Hollywood, like people who wanted to break into the industry and ended up defrauding hundreds, if not thousands of people through this scheme and they dig into the entire way that it started. It's, it's actually, it's like really well put together uh, as things should be in the age of serial. Um, but it's, it's a 10 episode series. I ended up, my brother sent it to me yesterday. I listened to the entire thing yesterday. Just blew right through wow. it. Wow. Okay. Um, so that was a really strong one. And then, yeah, I'll just put links. I think open the Andre Agassi story is so good, whether you like tennis or know the guy or not. And then um, like, if you're into these series and like this, this type of humor and culture. I think the comeback is really good. And then I like Ray Donovan. I think you'll know very quickly if it's for you. Okay, cool. Those are awesome. They've got a lot of uh, things to go off of. Llewellyn, you had one as well. Um, yeah. So I think we've mentioned before that Leanne and I both love true crime, um, whether it's podcasts, TV shows, movies, whatever. Um, I just documentaries. Document, yeah. <laughs> Um, I just heard of a new one called Red Collar. So it's, um, I know a lot of people probably have heard of like white collar criminals, which are people that are, you know, more in the like financial, they're people that don't generally harm other people. It's more, I don't know, like they're the smart criminals almost. Um, but Red Collar is a like subgroup of white collar where they are the, they are a white collar criminal, but they do murder or kill of some sort. So it's, um, there's only like five episodes out right now, I think, but it's just interesting because it's um, basically they just walk through a case um, talking about, you know, this criminal or this murderer. And it's just a different take on um, true crime because you hear a lot of the really nasty ones. Um, and these are just a little, not that any crime is like easy to listen to, but these ones are a little bit easier because it's not as vicious usually. Um, so yeah, red color podcast on any platform. Awesome. That makes me think of a TikTok. Have you guys seen lately where it's like, I've seen that Instagram. I actually don't have TikTok, but they're on Instagram and you it's like on TikTok. a wife. I know I probably should. It'll, it'll be like a wife sitting in front of like a bowl of something and like eating her food. And the caption is like my wife listening to true crime. And it's like, her tongue was cut out. Her ears were cut off. Her eyes were gouged out. Her legs were chopped off. Her ears were pierced. Her lips were removed. Like it literally like just keeps listing all of it. And the girl's just like eating like she normally would. It's like, that's me to that's a T. Like I'm just so like. <laughs> I also like the other side of that. I think SNL spoofed it a couple of years ago where it was the podcast. And she's like, and then she was taking into the forest and had all of her limbs removed. And this is a perfect segue into Squarespace where you can buy your domain to end. Like, it's like that, that's also it. Yeah, so true. So true. <laughs> uh, that's a great segue. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, okay. My recommend to a friend is going to be really quick. 
Um, Doc Martin shoes. I love them. They're like heavy duty. They're durable. Great for snowy weather, whatever. I love to just slip them on. Um, for some reason, some of my friends have been like asking, like, are those your Doc Martins? Are those? It's like just a really weird thing, but they're super comfortable. Um, you I always know because like, of the yellow, the yellow stitching. I know. It's like the everyday shoe. Iconic. I feel like in the summer, it's my Burks, And in the winter, it's Doc Martens. I wear them every day and I need to, I need to change it up, but they're just so realistic. And, you know, there's it's also great. a TikTok so, trend where it says, tell me you are X without saying it. And so it's like, tell me you're a millennial without saying it. There's your Burks in the summer and your Doc Martens in the winter. That's perfect. Dang it. I hate that so much. <laughs> She hates classifying things. That's funny. That's I fine. hate being my, classified my wife, as a millennial. My wife literally wears Birkenstocks 20, 24, uh, 12 months of the year. That's me. Mm-hmm. Even in the winter. She just puts yeah. on wool socks and just wears Birks. I, um, my slippers are the Birkenstocks that have the like feathery stuff in it, like that wool at the bottom, because I won't wear those outside, but they're like the cushier ones. I, I bought those and wear them only as slippers inside the house. It's amazing. They're so comfortable. So I don't blame your wife at all. That's awesome. I don't either. I support it. Yeah. In full support. Spousal support. That's awesome. Well, John, thank you so much for coming on. Um, Really appreciate you taking the time and meeting with us on Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) It was, um, yeah, good connecting with you. I hope our friends were good to your subscriber numbers, hopefully. If you guys haven't um, subscribe to it yet. If you guys love the office, um, but don't want to watch the episodes because of the screen being too bright and that messing with your sleep cycle, the office ASMR podcast is great. John simply narrates the episode as it goes by in a really soothing tone. I set my timer for like 15 minutes and I'm out and I love it. So thank you for bringing that service to the world. Okay. I did see that. I did see that promoted on my Spotify and it looked very similar to your um it looked very similar to your my fifth grade show your, done in your Microsoft gra- Word. <laughs> your graphic for the for the office one and I was like, did he do that same one? And I clicked on it and it's all like from the same person that brought you the office ASMR. I was like, oh my gosh, that's so brilliant. Um it's like a double whammy. You get to watch the episode and it's not like you have to take a ton of time to talk about it. So it's great. But um, so highly recommend, in addition to my Doc Martens, listen to The Office ASMR and have John lull you to sleep. <laughs> so yeah, weird to And say. every episode with good night. <laughs> yes, there it is. <laughs> awesome. I, I never hear that because I'm asleep. So, <laughs> my job which is, is probably, which is probably the point. So, all right. Well, um, thanks you guys so much for listening. We will um, be back next week covering the one where Eddie moves in. Yeah, so we will catch you guys next week on the One with Friends podcast. Bye.